Welcome to Weekly Wise. The show where we question films, games, TV, and stuff like that. Speaking of TV, I'm Fabian. And I'm Conrad. And today, in our first segment of the show, we are talking about the Marvel Disney Plus show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So there's going to be spoilers for episode 5. What did you think of episode 5? I thought it was one of the best episodes. Yeah, I just straight up thought it was the best episode mm, yeah. by quite a long shot. I, I really liked the first two episodes. The third one was my least favourite. fourth yeah. one was also really good. Mm-hmm. Well, not really good. The fourth one was also good. Yeah. And then this one for me, very, very good. Uh-huh. I really liked this. I think the sort of plot twist at the end of episode... It really pushed the story forwards, and I'll get into that more. Uh, Battlestar's death, I'm talking about. Mm. But yeah, what was your favourite part of this episode? I like the the fight scene at the beginning, where it's like super soldier versus super soldier versus cool action bird. Um, cool action bird. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you're calling that's Falcon Falcon? In a nutshell, cool <laughs> action bird. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, cool action birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really like that fight scene as well. Mm. Um, I, it was, yeah, the one thing that confused me about it was that they were so desperate to suddenly get the shield back mm. out of John Walker's hands. I didn't totally buy that because they, they don't need the shield. Like, they, they want it because mm. obviously they don't want John Walker to have it. But they're having a, like a life or death battle. Yeah, and like, he's gonna lose the shield anyway because he's been depromoted from Captain America. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 another good point as well. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't even the government's property anyway. We find out later in the show, but it it was a really well shot fight scene with mm. the um, lenses they used, and you know, just good choreography of the fight as well. Mhm. Um, But before we get properly into this episode, I want to talk about a few things about the previous episodes. Um, There has... My biggest problem has been the plot contrivances. Um, For example, Zemo's whole storyline just feels a tiny bit forced. I really like Zemo in the show. Mm. But, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. And and now that he's been taken to the raft, it just feels like... We, we had that one small scene where he put on the mask and murdered a few people, but, I mean, that, that was it. I was expecting more of a final showdown in Zemo. Yeah. Is he, is, I assume he's just going to be gone from the show now, so, yeah. yeah. I just felt like they included him because money. <laughs> well, he, he does have some good scenes in the show. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get to the one scene in particular with Bucky that I really liked in this episode, but... Um, a tweet from Tasha Robinson on Twitter I saw pointed out that early in Zemo kills Dr. Nigel with Bucky and Sam just stood there and they say, not cool, man. But basically Sam and Bucky have indirectly caused this because they're the ones who let Zemo out of jail. Mm. And, you know, it's just a bit um, morally not very heroic, I don't know. Mm. Um, this show has a bit of a confusing moral standpoint at times. Yeah. Uh, one of my problems is the Flag Smashers and Carly Morgenthau because their ideology is just, it's like 
there's nothing wrong with their ideology apart from they just go around like killing people sometimes and using the super soldier serums. Yeah. It's just it doesn't it's just a bit mess messy. Yeah, messy. It's a trope of these films that you know the the bad guy has a good not yeah the bad guy has a perspective that you can understand. Mm. But here it just doesn't really work as well. For example, Killmonger in Black Panther. Um he does go too far, you know. He's trying to start a war with the entire world mm. and by using the Wakandan technology. And T'Challa actually ends up agreeing with Killmonger in one sense in the final scene when he opens up Wakanda to the rest of the world. He actually has a character arc because of Killmonger. Mm. But here in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Falcon agrees with Kali Morgenthau when he goes to talk to her. So there's no conflict there. Mm. The, the only reason they're fighting is because they have the super soldiers in, which is just, just a bit contrived, really. It could have mm. been better. They're just too nice and they're not really... They're not evil enough when they make <laughs> evil flag slashes. Yeah, I mean, I get what the show's trying to do. It's trying to have all these different ideologies and complexities to it. Mm. And I really liked that scene with Zemo when he's going through his ideology about Captain America and how people maybe shouldn't have the super soldiers in because it gives them too much power. Yeah. Which, that, that line that um, Battlestar says, he says it brings out more of you. Mm. Um, which... He's kind of right, because it brings out more of John Walker, which is not a good thing, mm. the super soldier serum. Speaking of Battlestar, he was sort of like John Walker's moral compass, you know? Mm. He he was um, keeping John Walker in check. And I think it was a really effective death scene, because uh, it reminds me of Agent Coulson's death in Avengers 1, and how that ended up bringing the Avengers together to fight Loki and creating the stakes because you know a character has died and giving such an energy and a sense of suspense mm. in the final battle in new york if you look at age of ultron it doesn't have that same subversing interesting moment um, yeah. which is why the final battle doesn't yeah it's just it's, like cgi cgi no meaning just cgi yeah the final battle in age of ultron does nothing to me there's no suspense there's nothing interesting going on that we it, i mean sure visually it's sli slightly better than um avengers one mm. but you know there's nothing really that interesting going on with it and then quicksilver's death in that movie comes out of nowhere very false and pretty random yeah um yeah but I think that subversive element is a key part of why this, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe overall is able to stay exciting. Because think about the totally unexpected ending of Infinity War. That in a nutshell is why audiences keep coming back because they don't know what's going to happen to these characters next. Mm. And I think that's uh, why the twist worked for me in the past episode. Uh, what did you think of John Walker in this episode then overall? You can you can really see he sort of started off being all oh I'm Captain America oh yes I'm a symbol for the country ooh and then it just <laughs> turned into like you Captain were... America means power <laughs> yeah it just turned into like the bad guy or yeah um, yeah I love how he keeps reassuring himself by saying I am Captain America mm. <laughs> um and I also like how he says. When he's in that scene with the US military, he says, 
you built me. Mm. And I think that was really interesting because it's a critique of the US military yeah. and American society, which, you know, we're not Americans, but it was very in- it was very interesting element, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah, Bucky and Sam, I think their relationship in this episode com- mm. totally worked the best mm. it ever has done before. Yeah, and they're sort of building a relationship. Yeah, they just became friends and it was quite nice. I really like that montage scene with the boat and stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they, there's the action scene at the beginning and then the rest of the episode, you're just, you're just sitting in their normal lives. Mm. Which is, yeah, very, very, very well done and character focused. I love the scene where Bucky apologises to Sam because he was basically annoyed at Sam for giving up the shield. Uh, but now, it's obvious, it, we, we totally understand now why Sam didn't want to take up the shield. It's totally to do with just being a black man mm. in America, like Isaiah Bradley was saying why he's no longer a super soldier in this episode. Mm. A black Captain America. And I love how this episode continued to explore the themes. Yeah. And it's it's dealt with themes of racism mm. in previous episodes as well. The, the one scene I really like that's um, sort of in the middle of the episode is when we just see the two boys playing with the Aye. shields. That is totally what you'd do if yeah. you saw the Captain America shield. Yeah. Y- you know, you'd pick it up at least. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, the kids feel like real kids. They don't feel like the cheesy, sort of yeah. normal, just like... Well done, Dad! Yippee! Yeah. Not, they, they do feel like normal kids. Yeah, great, great stuff. Um, we see Bucky smile a lot in the episode, mm-hmm. which is just quite nice, because in the previous episode, he's, he's been grumpy, he's been sad, uh, but he's become a happier person in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's nice, and Sebastian Stan is great. He's a great actor. In fact, all the actors in the series are doing such a good job, would you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, it's a shame because apparently uh, Sebastian Stan, um, people like walk over to him and start saying the uh, the Winter Soldier controlling words to him. Oh, to try imagine... and get him to turn into the Winter Soldier, yeah. that is that must be so annoying. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, that that this is when I wanted to talk about the scene where Bucky bluffs to kill Zemo. And then the Dora Milaje just takes Zemo away. Mm. I thought that was a, quite an interesting scene of, you know, Bucky holding the gun to Zemo's head and then he clicks it and it doesn't make the gunshot noise because it's not loaded. Uh, anyway, and then the Dora Milaje just takes Zemo away and Zemo's just like, yeah, you Dora Milaje are total badasses. I'm just going to let you take me away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put up a fight or I'm going to put the spear... Oh yes, Zemo would not stand a chance. Nope. <laughs> um, then we've got Isaiah Bradley. Um, that whole element, uh, I, I, talk, I was talking about, I really thought that was very interesting. And it, it made you question, so why should Falcon become the new Captain America? Mm. And I like that um, the show explored that in the way it did. Yeah. Uh, and, and Torres um, is like sort of Falcon's sidekick type character. Um, mm. 
in the comics he becomes the Falcon once Sam has become the new Captain America. Yeah. Torres ends up taking the Falcon's wings. Yeah. Torres has this one line where he says, there's not really much to do now. We, we, we just have to wait for the next lead. And mm. that, oh, it's not like, that just leads to the episode that doesn't have much plot, doesn't have much contrivances, and it, it can just be Sam and Bucky hanging around on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a just... fishing boat. Yeah, mm. great stuff. We also get the return of Batrock the Leaper. <laughs> You've got no idea who I'm talking about. Batrock is basically... Um, he, he first appeared in a fight scene at the beginning of Captain America the Winter Soldier. And he... Wait, is it on the boat? Yes, it's on the boat. It's on the boat in Winter Soldier. Ah, yeah, Mr. Cool Kung Fu. Yeah, and then and then he was also briefly at the start in the opening fight scene of Falcon and Winter Soldier in the helicopter Ah, chase scene. And then he comes back here in the uh, episode, and I like how he's just a minor character who keeps returning. Mm. That's one of the things I really love about the MCU, like how um, there's one character from Iron Man One, like. Very minor side character who gets shouted at by Obadiah Stane. He comes back in Far From Home. Yeah. There was one scene with Sharon Carter in this episode. Mm. And she just had this mysterious scene where she's on the phone to someone. But it's, you know, it seems a bit suspicious. Mm. But I'm very interested to it see may- where that's Maybe it is the power broker. Yeah. But then, who is the power broker? What, what if... Right, you ready? The power broker is... Uh, the Thunderbolt Ross. Oh. And then he breaks Zemo and himself out of the raft, and then oh. and he becomes the Red Hulk, and Zemo and uh, Thunderbolt Ross, maybe a few other people, sort of yes. make a cool team of evil supervillains. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Um, let, let's talk about connected to that. There's this part where um the actress Julia Louise Dreyfus hands. Um, she basically comes into the series. She's playing a character called Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and she hands John Walker a card with nothing on it. Yeah. But she, in the comics, becomes Madame Hydra, Ooh. who is the leader of Hydra, and she is what she's a great villain. I've read I've read oh, a few yeah. I, I, comics I, I with her. I remember reading. I'm not I'm not really a massive comic reader, but I remember just reading a comic and it had. Um, yeah, she's yeah, a bit. She's a big Hydra. Avengers villain. She's sort of like an evil Nick Fury, and, and that scene with John Walker was sort of an opposite version of the original post-credit scene in Iron Man One, where Tony Stark first meets Nick Fury. So what Marvel are probably gonna do here is build towards some version of the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts. You've got Madame Hydra, John Walker, and then like you're saying, you've got General Thunderbolt Ross who he appeared in Captain America Civil War as the one who brings in the Sokovia Accords and he was also in The Incredible Hulk as the bad guy in the comics, like you were saying, he becomes the Red Hulk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would just be epic. Well, I haven't actually read any of the comics where he becomes Red Hulk. I only know that he becomes Red Hulk from Lego Marvel Superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and there is a She-Hulk Disney Plus TV show, so... You know, Red Hulk could pop up in there. Mm-hmm. That, that's the eventually. Or something. Yeah, that's eventually going to come in the far future. 
Um, uh, but I think it's all building up to the next Avengers film where you have all these new Avengers. Torres becoming the Falcon and mm. uh, the twins, Wanda's twins. Mm. Wait. Wiccan uh, and Speed. This is an interesting thought. Yeah. What if She-Hulk and Thunderbolt Ross had a child? What colour would the Hulk child be? Well, I mean, red and green makes brown. So a brown Hulk. <laughs> I think you're overthinking these things slightly. Mm. Anyway, moving on swiftly. I remember seeing a, a, a cover of yet another comic. Hmm. And it's like the Avengers, they're all zombies. Yes, beautiful stuff like that. Uh, what did you think of the post credit scene of this episode? It was John Walker building a new Captain uh, America shield. Yes. It was like a Iron Man 1 type montage yeah. stuff. Speaking of montages though, this episode had really nice montages. The montage where they're, you know, working on the boat. It's mm. really happy. And the montage where Sam is training with the shield. The montage where Sam and Bucky are training with the shield. <laughs> Um, the montage when the shield is building the boat. What? <laughs> uh, on the flip side of that, though, the pacing of the episode still didn't quite sit right with me in this episode. It didn't have much of a structure. Again, I think this gets into what we were talking about, about how they, how they, this probably should have been a film, maybe. Mm. Um. Maybe one day there'll be a fan edit of this show that trims it down into a movie. Yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, maybe we'll actually get to see what the pandemic storyline that was cut out in previous episodes was. We, we talked about it. You'll have to go back and listen to our other episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast if you want to know what we're going on about there. Uh, speaking of Marvel, we have one big piece of big news this week. Oh, uh did, did you want to say anything more about Falcon and Winter Soldier before we move on? Don't mess with the Dora Milaje. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what news do we have today? Alfred Molina says in his early conversations with John Watts, Spider-Man No Way Home will pick up Doc Ock's story from that moment in the river. John Watts told him, in this universe, no one really dies. <laughs> so basically, Alfred Molina, he's the actor who plays Dr. Octopus. And um, in, in the original Spider-Man 2, and at the end of that film, he dies and he sacrifices himself in the river. Because mm. he's had a, not really a character act, but he's become a good, well, yeah, a character act. Yeah. And he's become a good guy. Um, again. But apparently, uh, so for the new Spider-Man film, they're actually going to be, it seems like they're going to be dealing with multi- multiple universes yeah, or something. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. You've got Loki, where he goes through all the universes made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've got, uh, obviously, Spider-Man No Way Home, where it's probably going to be a Spider-Verse. Yeah, and th- the reason for that is because, you know, uh, Doctor Octopus is in those original Spider-Man films. It's a different actor, it's a different story completely. It's mm. not the same version of Spider-Man. I'm slightly worried about it because they're, they're, apparently they're going to be making Doctor Octopus one of the big bads of mm. No Way Home. And that's just a bit annoying to me because 
He's already been the bad guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean... He's like, what if we bring back cool dude, then money? Yeah, it's like the Emperor Palpatine Returns mm. thing in The Rise of Skywalker, which just made very little sense. It might be like when the when the giant cool... When he diffuses it in the river. What if, like, the small... Yeah, the, boom... the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. <laughs> I love it when it says that. Spider-Man 2 is the best... Uh, one of the best superhero films of all time. I'd just like to put that out there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, carry what, on, carry on. What if when he does die, well, die, mm. he sort of gets transported to another universe? Yeah, that, that's all fine and stuff. But mm. why has he got to be the bad guy? <laughs> he's become good. I know. Like, he's just going to be a... I don't know. It, it could work. It could work. We'll have to wait and see how they deal with it in the film. Speaking of films... <laughs> <laughs> this is the most random segue ever. We're now going to get into recommendations, a segment of our show where we talk about films and other stuff we should recommend. So, uh, do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. Okay, so I watched two films this week. Uh, the first of which was Birdman. Um, Never in heard of that. Interesting title. Uh, so basically the main character is Michael Keaton. Mm. Uh, who you may know from Spider-Man Homecoming. He plays the Vulture. Ah, yes. He's also the uh, 1989 version of Batman. Yes, yes. Um, he's a very good actor. And basically it's about... In the film, it's all about this actor who used to be a superhero actor mm. called Birdman. <laughs> And uh, he doesn't have a very good life at all. The film gets very dark. It's uh, definitely a 15. Um, and it's this very visually interesting, you know, with all the cinematography. It, it's it's shot in a way that it feels like it's all in one long take. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, they basically hide. Each time they cut to a new scene, they hide it with a little transition, etc., and it's it's very interesting. I, I gave it four stars. I, I did have a few problems with the story. I didn't quite connect with the characters as much as I would have liked to. But it was very well done. And all the actors in it are doing an absolutely incredible job. But speaking of actors doing an incredible job, the other thing I watched was Heat. Mm, which is never just, heard of that either. <laughs> well, it's a very, very... Uh, very good film directed by Michael Mann. It's one of the classics. Yeah. And it's this crime thriller. You've got Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. It's the main characters, Val Kilmer. And it's it's so good. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend that too. But that is also very much a 15 or 18. I don't really know. I can't remember what the age is. But yeah, um, both both very good films, especially Heat. Which is which was a masterpiece. It's quite slow paced, but you know it, it's it's slow paced in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um. So what what else have we been watching this week? Uh, we have been watching Big Hero Six. Yeah. So what did you think of this then? Like, what 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 is it for starters? Well, it's a superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, by it's a Disney superhero film. Yeah. Um, animated, animated. But it's not it's Pixar. Not Pixar, no. But it's a bit Pixar-like, I guess. I yeah, probably take it. Yeah. Uh, um, 
So I really liked it because it's set in San Fran, Tokyo. San Francisco? I'm not sure. Something, yeah, something like that. A, mix. a mixture of San, San Francisco and Tokyo. Yeah. But what I really like is the Golden Gate Bridge looks a bit like those Chinese gates, you know? Um, right. Chinese archways. No, they're like, they're like Japanese, red. Jap Japanese, to yeah. Tokyo. Japanese sort of like archways and they've got sort of cool spiked things on there. Well, that is a very interesting <laughs> yeah. detail. Let's get yeah, on to the actual but thing. San Francisco Bridge just looks cool. Um, <laughs> but the Golden it, Gate Bridge. Yeah. I, I can't. Sorry. <coughs> um, <laughs> so. Uh, it's basically about a boy and he's like an inventor sort of, you know, very yeah, creative like, building things. Yeah, he, he likes his robots. Yeah, and, and then um, basically a, through the events of a film, a superhero team ends up being formed and it, it's, it's very well written in my opinion, the film. I liked how the bad guy is like very mysterious and there's a really good twist in it and it's... What's the twist again? Oh, wait, no, we, we, <laughs> we can't say it, otherwise that'll spoil it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember the twist now, yeah. Yeah, it was a good twist, I guess. I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see it coming. I gave it three and a half stars. Not quite four stars for me, yeah. although, you know, it's a high three and a half. It's like 3.75. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Big Hero 6, do recommend it. Mm -hmm. A nice, family-friendly, enjoyable film. Yeah, that brings us towards the end of this episode, but before you stop listening... Please let us know what you think of our podcast or any ideas you have for stuff we should talk about on Twitter or Instagram at The Weekly Wise. You can follow us wherever you get your podcast, but also on YouTube where you can support us by liking, commenting, sharing and subscribing so that you can keep making these videos for you to listen to. If you enjoyed something, then please feel free to share the podcast with anybody who would like to listen and to help us grow with the podcast nodes. Also, please rate us and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, you're very good at we saying are that. everywhere. <laughs> you cannot avoid us. Mm, we are on all the platforms, <laughs> even YouTube. Eh, eh, eh. TikTok and things. But... You can't put a podcast on TikTok, can oh, you? Yeah, no, We'd no, have no, to trim no. it down into <laughs> little <minute>. segments. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the week. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the week. Why is the show we've got to that everything? <laughs> Like 12 videos, yeah. Uh, anyway, I have a YouTube channel called Movie Soup where I also talk about films and TV and stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. I've been at the sixth of one of No, but you see, that's what that's how you say it, but I'm gonna say it clearly and effectively say it clearly. so that they can tell what I'm saying. Follow me on Twitter at Fabian Alice 6 and follow me on Instagram at Fabian Alice underscore Movie Soup. Thank you so much for listening. It's been great, hasn't it? Uh -huh. Goodbye. Goodbye. We did it. Yay. Turns out I haven't been recording.